White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. Carl Pittsburgh has put the White Sox ahead. There goes number 400. The big Brad Bradley takes a perfect game. His second no hitter. You can't put it on the board. Yeah. Canerco, Grand Slam. The White Sox winner and a world championship. Locked on socks. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. What a fantastic turn of events if you love the Chicago White Sox. And I'm falling in love by the breath. Hello and welcome back. To Locked on Socks, I am Herb Lawrence alongside Chris Tannehill, episode number 21. I'm not sure what the number is going to be or the name is oh. going to be to match it. I mean, there's obvious candidates and I would want to go Don Cooper, but we, you know, you didn't want to do the you know, coaches thing. I know he was 99 also, but yeah. But he gave I, up that number just because. I got a, I got a number 21 for you. Are we talking about the same guy that I'm thinking of, a pre-World Series guy? I think we are. Okay. Esteban Loaiza? That's right. Mercy, es- I'll tell you what. Esteban Loaiza was signed as a free agent for the White Sox in 2003. And 2003, he had an amazing year. He went 21-9 with a below-3 ERA. He started in the All-Star Game, which took place, of course, at then U.S. Cellular Fields, now the G-Rates. It was one of those years for Esteban Loaiza. It was by far the best year of his career. I had never seen anything like that from a White Sox pitcher just as far as someone coming out of nowhere in the way he did, Mm -hmm. and he was dominant. This is like kind of where it started with the whole Coop, you know, have him come in, Coop will fix him. Coop taught him the cutter, and he was mowing everyone down in the American League that year. Like I said, he started the All-Star game. An amazing year. And I don't know what your memories are of Esteban Loaiza. I recall going to opening day that year in 2003. I, that was the first year of my of my consecutive opening day streak. I remember that. That's why I remember that one so vividly, because Loaiza started that one. Just such a, an amazing year for him, and then we'll get to what happened to him after. But mm. what are your recollections of Esteban Loaiza from his White Sox days? Well, second place in Cy Young voting that year. He was. He was dominant. I I came out of nowhere. Literally, we're getting Esteban Loaiza. I was like, okay, good uh, reclamation project. I think I remember him from the Pirates early in his career. And I yeah. was like, fine. And then yeah, that uh, that cutter it was it was filthy. People. Uh, could not hit Esteban Loaiza the year 2003, I think it was. Traded in 2004 for Jose Contreras, another reclamation project, which led us to the World Series. So Esteban Loaiza is a huge member of White Sox history and did a lot of things for that team and the the uh, franchise in general. He did, yeah. And this is something very uncharacteristic of the White Sox where you sell – 
not selling high, but you know they didn't wait until his his lowest possible value to get rid of him. I thought it was surprising at the time when they traded him around the deadline of two thousand four, mm-hmm. uh, when they traded him for Contreras. Like Contreras wasn't a guy that a lot of people had heard of. If it was certainly a head scratcher, it was like this guy was in the running for Cy Young, and you, and you trade him away for you know cents on the dollar. But obviously that trade worked out. Jose Contreras was, you know, he had one of the most dominant runs I've ever seen any White Sox pitcher have for a good, you know, calendar year from mid-2005 till mid-06. So that certainly worked out. And then, well, Esteban, mm. he had some problems uh, later in life, uh, most recently the past few years. Mm-hmm. Last April, Esteban Loaiza was sentenced to three years in prison, and he was deported for possession of $500,000 worth of the Yayo mm. in his San Diego stash house. Yes. What happened with him was he got pulled over. Uh, cops must have had a warrant because he had that, that fancy drug dealer paneling in the whip. He had like the hidden compartments for the for the Yayo and other stuff, and and that led them to search his, his stash house in San Diego, which I don't know if you... Uh, if you are familiar with the area he was living in San Diego. I was. I don't have it in front of me, but you remember. I believe it's Chula Vista he lived in the area, which is really close to where I was living in Imperial Beach, very south of San Diego. Uh, Let's just say where not a lot of whites are at. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm just. I mean, there are whites there, but you know, San Diego's you know split between the the highway. For to me, it's like there's it's split between the. Uh, I think the one that goes through is the eight. So it's South County or South Bay, and then North County. North County is the really expensive people up there. Uh, and South County is where I lived, and where Chula Vista is, National City. Not bad cities. I mean, they're. I mean, it's San Diego. Yeah, yeah to so. San Diego's. Um, liking Barrio Logan, National City, where I lived, are bad areas. But you live in Chicago. Let's just say they're, uh, let's see, um, they're Pilsen. Okay. That's what they are. Yeah. You know, you, you go to Talia Hall, you're like, oh, this is a great area. and But, you know, you never would have went. You would have heard Pilsen. You're like, oh, man, this is terrible. It's just brown people living there. That's why people are scared of brown people sometimes. Did Esteban Loaiza ever try to sell you drugs while you were living there? Never did he try to sell me drugs. And Chula Vista is a beautiful area. Just, you know, regular... Um, Great place for a stash house. Yeah, middle class people. You wouldn't suspect anything. I mean, you're right by the border. So Tijuana, the, the, the cartels right there run Tijuana and most of Mexico. So it would be a perfect place you know, for a guy who like Esteban Loaiza who is known either both in San Diego and in, in Mexico to just, you know, travel freely. He probably did this a lot. And he ran in some hard times before his arrest where his singer wife, who they were kind of uh, on the outs, died in an airplane yeah, crash. Jenny Her, Rivera. Yeah, Jenny Rivera. So he's had some couple bad things happen to him after he's retired from the White Sox. I know that's not what you called for. No, no, but it's fascinating to me to, to see – you know, uh, an athlete like that, just to fall from grace, it's kind of, it's you know, cautionary tale. It's fascinating to me. Like, somebody had to have dropped dime on him, right? Like, for them to pull him over, you know, it, you know, if older guy getting pulled over and then they had they found the compartment somebody obviously dropped dime on him which is yeah i'm sure his car doesn't it doesn't you know spark up any type of suspicions he probably had a nice deuce and a quarter or something like that if it has old compartments and paneling probably something nice and and fits into the area but yes the white Sox is episode 21 esteban loiza episode Fallen, you know, I mean, I, we're going to be reviewing this uh, top 100 list that MLB yeah. comes out with every year. MLB Network. Yeah. 
Um, or is it MLB.com also? Is it like in conjunction? Let's say MLB comes out with it. Yeah, and so usually the White Sox are not represented on this list. This year, I believe there are five White Sox on this list. Yeah. Okay. And we got some – I mean, what Marcus Simeon? Is he still on the White Sox? Uh, uh, no, no, no. He no? got traded. Him and uh, him and Josh Fagley got traded a long time ago. Is Josh Fagley on this list? Oh, <laughs> he did not make it. I don't think so. He got released by the A's. I think he got picked up by somebody else. He's well, somewhere in a minor league deal. Well, then that's – Marcus Simeon's number 30. So the, the highest White Sox player Jesus on the list Christ. is Fernando Tatis at number 32. That's That's great. You know, some jackass traded Tatis. Oh, that's right. He's not on the White Sox anymore. So, I mean, this top 100 list, you know, I, I'm not going to get mad about lists, but it's certainly something worth talking about. Um, it's A lot of things on this list surprised me, actually. You know, I know this is not locked on Cubs, um, but <laughs> Javi Baez at 23 kind of surprised me. Shout out to uh, Sean, Sean uh, I think, Sears. Yeah, do we have to fight those people? Like, no. Do we have to battle them? Do we have to, like, get into it? Only like, the <laughs> Twins guy, because I'm sure he's probably cool, but that team. Yeah. Well, we'll get into Talk the Twins later on, also, because the Twins uh, and the Astros are on t- are on uh, top of mind today. Um, so, Yasmani Grandal is the highest ranking White Sox player at forty two, which is not terrible. But you know, he was one of the top uh, free agents in, among his position this past off season. So, you know, it's, you know, you you say, okay, Sox got a guy in the top fifty. You know, that's fine, whatever. Yasmani Grandal is pretty much a household name, you know, if you've been following baseball the past, you know, five years or so. So that that's not too surprising. But it's where you get further down the list, which is um, which kind of had me scratching my head a little bit. Ranked number 59 on MLB's top 100 players right now list is Manny Machado, which I thought was funny. Very funny. Because he's ranked one spot ahead of the next White Sox player on the list, which is Yoan Moncada at number 60. Man, sixty. A lot of disrespect. I wrote this for uh, Pinwheels and Ivy. A shout out to Matt Zawaski Zo out there, um, who invited me to write a little piece wow. for him. Look at you. And the piece he wanted me to write was about Yoan Moncada and how he's the most disrespected player in Major League Baseball. Maybe because it was one year of doing something great, where he was a top ten MVP getter in the AL last year. Thank you, James Feigen. But he his stats. Prove it. He was a top 10, uh, I think top 15 F4 guy last year for the whole league. Yeah, he was a 4-6 war player, Moncada was. He had had a really good year. And so Manny is, and I love Manny Machado. Don't get me wrong. I love him. He's not a better player than what Milan Moncada is right now. Certainly not right now, and that's funny because they did MLB also did the top 10 third baseman, yeah. and Moncada wasn't even on that list. And and Machado was on that list. So I know a lot of it is like you have to – to prove it, you have to do it year in and year out to yeah. make these lists and become a household name, and that's fine. But they, you're talking about the top players right now. You yeah, have to look at everyone with like whose arrow is is pointing up, or at least is not going to be pointing down anytime soon. And they go out of their way to emphasize right now on that show. Right. So yes, if you're going to be picking the top ten third baseman currently, and I am a Manny Machado fan, I'm a Manny Machado yes, me too. like protector of his brand. <laughs> There's, I would have Yoan Moncada over him 10 days over 10. 10 days out of 10. He's better. He's just a better player. That's, that's twice on Sundays when we're recording this. Exactly. So what the hell are we talking about? 60, fine. He's on the list. We get some respect. I'll get to the rest of the players later yeah. on. But he is not uh, – I mean, he's a top 100 player. He's not on the bottom half of that list. He Correct. should be on the top half of that list. 
He just I had, should he, be he, fan, happy as a White Sox fan that he's on the list at all, that they didn't forget him. But get some respect on his name. I bet you next year, I guarantee you next year, top 20 minimum. I think so. He's got to stay on the field. He's got to do it one more year uh, consecutively, and he's got to stay on the field. No more, no more ouchie injuries from Moncada. He's been knocked a little bit for, you know, not playing through, you know, minor injuries. One hundred percenter. But I'm cool. Yeah, I'm cool with being a hundred percenter when you're in the rebuild years. Okay, but now it's go time. Now, now it now it counts for real. So I, I would like to see him out there as often as possible. And I think you'll see him, like you said, top twenty, if not definitely top twenty-five next season. Um, the next thing that I have highlighted on here, number 87, Eduardo Escobar. <laughs> what the <laughs> Which hell? Which just kind of puts it all in perspective. Former Sox great Eduardo Escobar? <laughs> yes, for, traded for Francisco Liriano Ugh. in 2012. Um, we were trying to go for it. Yeah. So Liriano was trash. I think he had no hitters that earlier that year or the year before. So we're like, man, Liriano's the greatest. <laughs> That's the only no hitter I've witnessed in person. What a tragedy. <laughs> oh, my God. It was such a sad day. I remember we were playing like softball or hitting ba- cages and then we went to culver's after and we're checking our phones like what the fuck is going on <laughs> francisco lariano it was a real bummer um Lariano, yeah Berlander. Berlander. um all right so as we're down to 87 eduardo escobar and you have to go all the way down to find the next white Sox player number 95 Posted a 4-8 war season last year. Is the batting champion, Tim Anderson, is number 95 on the MLB Top 100 Players Right Now list. The respect is ridiculous. It's like they were like, man, uh, this is a great list. Guys, we've done it. Yeah, let's, let's finish this list up. Yeah, and you, then you, he's like, oh, shit, we only got two White Sox and thing. We thought, we thought they're going to be good, right? Okay. Um, Tim Anderson's good, right? Right? right. Okay. Um, who's uh, who's uh, else is good? Uh, Jose Abreu? Is he good still? All right. Let's yeah. put him on the list, too. We'll, we'll get to that. So, so MLB Network, they have Tim Anderson on their show uh, to promote the list um, before the list is revealed, and they're talking about how he's you know changing the game, you know he's the face of the franchise, won the batting title, so they put him on there, then they throw him ninety five on the list, and Tim Anderson tweeted after the list came out with his with a screenshot of where he placed at ninety five, quote, "This shit don't matter." <laughs> <laughs> so he gives him a great interview. He had a great quote. He said he's not going to tell his grand- grandkids about walking 100 times. He's going to tell them about winning a batting title. So we love that. So Tim Anderson, 95, we don't love that. I, I think he's definitely – should be a top fifty player, probably mm-hmm. probably close to where Moncada is if we're really ranking it for real um, in the top fifty. And then ninety six, Jose Abreu, which is you know I don't have a problem with uh, on its own merit. He was a two four WAR player last year. Number ninety seven, again this is three in a row. Ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven. Eloy Jimenez uh, is at number ninety seven. Apparently not. You've got a little <laughs> bit of a way to go, Eloy. He was a one four WAR player last year, but if you saw him in September. Uh, you'll know he he's climbing fast, but I just thought it was funny the way they just jammed all these White Sox players together, 95, 96, and 97. Like, oh, like you said, get him on here. I forgot this White Sox. Because obviously, yeah. obviously they started with number one on the list, who is obviously. How about uh, Tony Salmon? Uh, Do you like bones in your fish? Mike Trout, obviously number one on the list. That's a no-brainer uh, every year. That's the perpetual you know, the, the the Mike Trout Award being mm-hmm. number one in everything. But, yeah, 95, 96, 97 White Sox players. That's just – it's just 
I, they did it to the Blue Jays too. Like uh, yeah. Bo Duchette and uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Let's go, ninety nine and hundred. It's like it's like they all haphazard. They did all their homework before, but didn't do it well. And then like, oh, we're finally done with this list. We got to put some Blue Jays and White Sox on it. Fuck it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I, I you know five guys on the list. I'm happy. Where their placement is, not so happy. I don't think you're going to be happy when I tell you this. This again. Oh, this Jesus is Christ. not. This is not just uh, position players. There's pitchers on this list. Oh fuck. <laughs> I didn't know that. Exactly. That's why I saved it. Lucas Giolito, if you noticed, was not on this list, okay? Lucas Giolito in 2019 was a near six-war player. He he was good for number 25 in all of baseball for war, sixth among pitchers, and sixth in the AL Cy Young race, an all-star, and he shut down the Twins and cheating-ass Astros on back-to-back starts in the middle of the year. To not have Lucas Giolito on this list, I get it, especially when you're a pitcher, it gets back to the hole, you got to do it consistently, mm-hmm. and taking the ball every fifth day and, and doing it day in and day out, like that's, I get that's part of it, but come on, man. Go to that list, at <laughs> the top of the list again. I mean, is he not better than Boba Shett and Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? Boba they're, Fett? <laughs> they're going to be great, maybe, eventually, but he was great last year, like great, and dominant at times yeah other other pitchers that are that are near the top of the list you know you got cole at seven you got verlander 13 scherzer 14 so there are pitchers like early in the list but i mean to to not have do they have that that uh barrios there Burials for uh, the twins. Uh, that's a good question. They shouldn't have any twin there if, if my damn dude <laughs> Lucas Giolito's not there. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe the lockdown. Him or fucking J- Jake Odorizzi. I'm swearing a lot today. I'm just mad because this list is trash. Yeah, there are, you know what? There aren't a lot of pitchers in general on here. They just um, forgot about pitchers. Like, oh, we're just going to name the top <laughs> ones and then put a bunch of hitters in between. Yeah, so, you know, Clevenger's on there, though, representing Clevy the Clevenger. Central. Yeah, um, who, by the way, um, hurt this week. I mean, um, so, you know, we don't like to celebrate injuries, but we'll talk about that probably as we get closer to the year, what that does to the uh, to the Indians uh, rotation. Um, but we mentioned the Astros, the cheating ass Astros and Justin Verlander being on the list uh, way ahead of Lucas Giolito, who is not on the list at all. Mm-hmm. And the Astros are in the news a lot this week because they started spring training and they're all of a sudden they they're. You know, hell's coming to breakfast for everyone. Everyone that was on that World Series team in 17, um, they got to answer questions about the cheating scandal, right? So Verlander was the first guy to show up as pitchers and catchers are the first ones to report. So Verlander, he's usually got some thoughts for you, right? I mean, usually I agree with Verlander. You know, his rant last year on the juice baseballs, he Mm -hmm. said it's turning the game into a joke. I, de- I hear you. I like I, I'm cool with it. Just play with the regular baseball. I don't need I don't need home runs. You know, every other at bat to to enjoy the game. But most people aren't like you or I. He was not thrilled when the Astros acquired Roberto Osuna. He kind of bit his uh, bit his tongue on some of the things that he wanted to say as far as that situation goes. Um, you know, didn't want to mess up clubhouse chemistry or what have you, but, you know, he had tweeted some nasty things about domestic abusers in the past. So he was not thrilled that they acquired Osuna. Um, but then last year, he also had a member of the Detroit Free Press kicked out of the clubhouse. So he, this guy, Verlander, he is a polarizing figure. He's not afraid to speak his mind, which which I, I don't mind at all. I like guys that speak their mind, except uh, when you become one of these gatekeepers of the game. Herb, I know you remember April 22nd, 2018. Damn straight. Uh, what do you remember about the uh, the Astros-White Sox matchup from that night? Uh, it was, early, you know, not a game that a lot of us remember, but there was something that happened in that game. What do you remember about it? 
I remember Verlander taking an ex- exception to what Timmy was doing, especially, you know, just like uh, taking his time out of the box and pimping things and not playing the game. I remember him specifically chastising Timmy about not playing the game right. Right. Bullshit like that. So, so what happened was uh, – I hate that man. So Anderson got – he was, he was celebrating. Nasty. Anderson got excited because Verlander had a no-hitter going, and it was the bottom of the fifth inning. So – Anderson is celebrating a little bit once he gets to first base, you know, as any player should. I mean, it was still, uh, you know, a, a winnable ball game at that point. Plus, you're breaking up a no hitter. You're trying to spark your team a little bit, which yeah. is what Tim Anderson is. He's the, he's a spark plug for the White Sox team, and even since then he was. So then he tries to steal on a three zero pitch in a five nothing game, which to me five nothing. I mean, what we know about the, the baseballs now, yeah. like five nothing is nothing. I mean, that that's a lead that can evaporate pretty quickly. Ultimately, he didn't steal the base because the next hitter walked. But then Verlander after the game uh, tells reporters he steals on he steals on a three zero count in a five nothing game. That's probably not great baseball. So and then he says later on. Uh, Verlander caught Anderson with a pickoff at second base. There was a rundown, and while Anderson got back to the base safely, Narvaez was tagged out as the trailing runner, and Verlander said, quote, another bad baseball play, in my opinion. Um, Verlander has plenty of thoughts about other people and other teams, mm-hmm. um, except when it become, when it comes to his own team, the Astros. He said once the Astros entered camp this week about the cheating scandal, quote, it's been difficult Showing up in 20, 2017, and once I spent some time there, I understood what was happening. I didn't say more. I wish I had said more. Looking back, I can't go back. I can't reverse my decision. I wish I had said more, and I didn't, and for that, I'm sorry. We appreciate the apology, but you had plenty of time to say something. Yes, you did. Yeah, and, and like in the interim, if he would shut the fuck up, knowing that his, his own backyard was dirty, smooth. But no, he was talking the whole time, knowing that his players are cheating, knowing that they just acquired a, a woman beater, knowing that he gained some miles per hour and gained some some uh, spin on his ball down there. So he, I think he is suspect for cheating himself and all those Astros pitchers who come from Pittsburgh, like Cole, like Morton, like all these other guys. They're doing something. Wade Miley's good again, that type of crap. They're doing something there and that's working for them and it's making them millions of dollars. So fuck Ber- Verlander, firstly. Secondly, <laughs> he owes an apology to every single person that he has criticized because now he's a hypocrite. Now he kept his mouth shut about a thing that is the biggest scandal, I think, in baseball. Cheating while stealing signs is gaining an advantage over a huge portion of the game and getting people money, Marwin Gonzalez, undeservedly, taking away people's Mar- reputation. Yeah, yeah, Marwin Gonzalez, by the way, if you look at the data, I think we mentioned this on previous episodes, but he benefited the most uh, yeah. as far as if you go back and look at the trash can bangs um, and, and, the, and the hitters that benefited off the most of that, he was number one on the list, and he was the first one uh, to leave the organization and get a, a nice contract out yeah, of that. Yeah, he, be- he was an also ran that became a highly sought-after free agent. Now, subsequently, he sucks again because no more trash banging, or not as much at least. Um, people's reputations were sullied. This Bolzinger guy who's suing the, a- at the Astros because he subsequently has not been 
back to the majors after they tattooed him in 2017. And you Darvish, a huge thing with you Darvish. Firstly, it's the Yuri Gurriel thing. Hits a home run off of him and then does the Chinese sign right. or the, the slanted eyes thing. Yeah, It's just, you know, not only are they cheaters, but they're terrible humans, too. Racist things like that. And then you Darvish is affected mentally, physically by these things. Signs a lesser than average or lesser than market value deal late in the season with the Cubs. Good money, 126. Good money. I'm not, you know, he's not crying in the poorhouse, but... You Darvish is a top-notch pitcher, as you can see now. The, what the Cubs are getting from him up from here on out is going to be great because he's his mind is clear. His 2018 was mostly because of mental stuff and a little physical stuff. You saw the end of 2019. He became the pitcher that he was before because he realized that these guys were cheating. I wasn't tipping pitches. I'm not bad in the playoffs. This is not a thing for me. My reputation is not that. I'm great. So, Every one of these dudes, Verlander included, who kept their mouths shut while this shit was going on, should be ostracized. Since they're not going to get punished by the commissioner, and he came out and said some dumb things today, too. I don't feel they should be hit with pitches. I don't feel that they should be in a brawl. Just celebrate extra hard when you eat them. Celebrate at the plate, even I, if you don't, even if they, it's not a walk off. Just, just show it. Show it up. Yeah. And make them feel bad about themselves. If you're a fan, no cussing. Just boo them lustily. Make sure that they know that you don't approve of what they've done if you walk up to the ballpark. No throwing stuff. Just no getting into personal things. Just saying, you're a cheater. Boo. I don't like you. And lustily boo them throughout their bats, throughout their pitching performances, all those things. Don't make them feel comfortable in your city. I'm Like I said, they're human beings and they deserve redemption. But they got to ask for it. They got to ask sincerely for your forgiveness. Then none of them, besides Carlos Correa on the initial day, really came off sincerely. And subsequently, that man has been talking his ass off like a jerk. Yeah. And, you know, getting back to this, Verlander says, in, in talking about Tim Anderson in 2018, see the game, play the game. Play the game the right way. And if, if we're going to hammer Verlander about this stuff and hammer Carlos Correa, which we will do in a second, we have to we, we, we have to keep the same intensity with Dallas Keuchel, new White Sox acquisition, who said earlier this week, we're always going to be World Series champs because we were talented. And to me, we earned the right to be World Series champs. I mean, Keuchel, you know, I gave him credit. He was the first guy that was publicly available at Sox Fest because no other teams, this is circumstantial, no other teams had their fan fest yet. But Keiko was the first guy to kind of put himself out there and, and you know, apologize on, on behalf of the Astros. So he was the face of this thing early. So I give him credit for, for standing up and, and, and not – you know, you know, just deferring to the uh, to, to to Rob Manfred's report, like mm -hmm. the Astros did on their fan day. But I'm sorry, Dallas. You know, you you talent. You guys were talented. Yes, obviously, we know that. They're, they're, the, that roster was littered with Cy Young Award winners, no, former number one picks. Um, you know, Altuve was a great player well before any speculation of this started happening, but. Now we have to look at you, suspect, anyone that was involved in that, with that team, we have to look at you side-eyed now, and I don't know if you earn the right anymore. You know, we're, you, you're always going to have that hanging over that Astros team, and anyone that's connected with it, to be honest with you. And getting back to Carlos Correa, who, I mean, this Astros thing is really becoming one of the worst 
public relations blunders. I mean, <laughs> I don't know who's advising. I mean, this is like you know, this is like Exxon Valdez, you know, <laughs> you know, spilling oil <laughs> into uh, in, into the ocean type level bad. Yes, this is like Mayor. you know, if like was it the was it Kylie or Kendall Jenner who was in that Pepsi commercial? Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> Try to start stopping racism with Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, it's right up there with all those things. I think is this current Astro situation because it's the gift that keeps on giving. Carlos Correa gave a one-on-one with Ken Rosenthal, and he talked about that video that we all saw of Jose Altuve after after walking off a of Roldis Chapman um, in the uh, 2019 ALCS and why he didn't want Cats to, to rip his jersey off of him like they normally would do after crossing home plate. And here was here's what Carlos Correa had to say about Jose Altuve. 2019, nobody wore buzzers. Nobody wore buzzers. That's a lie. The reason Jose Altuve didn't want to get his shirt ripped off, I'm going to tell you. Earlier in the year, he hit a walk-off at Middle May Park. I ripped off his shirt with Tony Kemp. There is pictures of that. There is videos of that. You can go look at it. I ripped off his shirt. His wife told my wife, why is Carlos ripping Altuve's shirt? Like, I don't like that. I don't like that. So when he's walking, so he's running from third base to home plate, he's said, I'm the guy up front. I'm the guy up front. The first one waiting for him. He's like, don't take my shirt off. The second reason that he don't, he don't want me to talk about this, but I'm going to say it, say it, is because he got an unfinished tattoo on his collarbone right here that honestly looked terrible it was a bad tattoo Uh, oh hey boy it was such a bad tattoo oh it came with a warranty oh (laughs) (laughs) i mean ridiculous hang on let me let's defer to maury povich on this one the lie detector test determined that was a lie what is you doing, Carlos Correa? Damn Do you straight. believe that for a second? Well, firstly, I don't believe it because his wife doesn't call him Altuve. He's, he's like, why is Carlos <laughs> ripping Altuve's jersey? He's like, no, that's your that's your name, too. Um, I don't think he, she would say that. <laughs> Secondly, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, none. He's, firstly, he's a millionaire. I don't believe millionaires go to a place and get bad tattoos. And secondly, <laughs> unfinished tattoos. How big was this tattoo? Was it like his whole collarbone and his collarbone too hurting? Talk about pain. And they show pictures of him early in the season having a vacation somewhere with his dudes. No picture of a of a of a tattoo early. I what do you go in the middle of the season? You want know I want a tattoo right on my collarbone, right on the the arm that I use mostly. You know. It sounds good, guys, right? Yeah. Let's do it. And let's get a bad one, too. Yeah, that'd be great. What a bunch of horseshit. And you can tell that this thing is just spiraling out of control. And you can tell that how how, how crazy it is, how much they're lying. Because whenever, whenever anyone is so emphatic about about stuff like this, whenever you, they get so emotional talking about it, you could tell they're lying. I mean, my whole thing with this, this whole Astros thing is this is America, man. People just want apologies. Like, you know, we love to tear down people in this country, and, and in the Astros' case, rightfully so. Nobody likes cheaters. But just apologize and move on already. I mean, we all know they're going to have a tough year this year. But stop making it worse. This is becoming one of the worst public relations disaster in baseball history. And what, by the way, so did he ever actually get a tattoo? Is someone going to demand, like when Altuve speaks, like, you know, he gave his little statement uh, when the Astros reported to camp, but as when he gets into the one-on-ones or if he's in the locker, is he going to wear like a turtleneck every day now? Like the old 1990s style turtleneck under the jersey? Someone's going to say, hey, let's see the tattoo you got working on. Yeah, <laughs> I hope, well, 
Well, it seems like the Houston media is in the in the bag for them, which is you know neither here nor there. They're just you know not good at their jobs. They let these people just lie continuously, that without putting their feet to the fire. Uh, hat tip to Joel Sherman and Jeff Pass and national guys who are not letting that garbage through. But I I would put people on alert. I think they're in West Palm Beach, Florida. Down there, the tattoo parlors, you might get a five foot six guy coming in saying, Hey, can I get an intentionally bad uh, tattoo? Of can I something? get a can I get a tattoo of a buzzer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen next. Oh yeah. It looks like a buzzer because oh yeah, I just have a buzzer tattooed uh, on my collarbone because I love I love buzzers, but not in the way you think. I just like buzzers. You yeah. know? They remind me of uh, buzzing things and I love buzzing things and my wife doesn't like them. So she didn't want me to get the tattoo, but I got it anyway. <laughs> Big fan of uh, Major League Three. They played for the buzz. You remember that? Yeah. I don't actually Salt, Salt Lake Buzz. I don't. But yes, um, I think that there will be some some retribution by some teams, which I think you're going to get to the Manfred stuff a little bit later. Uh, yeah, are they going to come out and just and just issue preemptive warnings? They literally did. every okay. They did. Um, Manfred pretty much said he talked to teams around the major leagues and said that there will be severe punishment for people retaliating against the Astros for this, which makes no damn sense. You didn't punish them, so some players will take it in their own hands, a.k.a. Ryan Dempster, what he did to Alex Rodriguez and didn't work out too well eventually because Alex Rodriguez had a home run later in the game off of Dumpster. But, yes, I said Dumpster. <laughs> I said that right. Um, so, yeah, punishment for people who retaliate against the Astros and maybe some people are just going to naturally hit the Astros. Some of those guys crowd the plate, Altuve himself. And I can imagine a White Sox player going down there just pitching his game and a ball gets away, a fastball might get away, and him getting punished for hitting an Astro, getting punished 10 games or something like that, and the Astros players who actively cheated – actively got money, actively got rings, got a championship, will be champions forever, go away with nothing. I say you take it a step further. I mean, there was many more people than just the players in the organization that benefited off this World Series thing. I think they should uh, – they should – they should they should they should go after the paychecks of the ushers that work there, <laughs> the, the vendors, the hot dog vendors. They should they should have to tax their pay and make up for this until until it comes back to the, the lost wages. And it should go to us. Just punish everybody. <laughs> yes, punish everybody. everybody that that doesn't matter that didn't benefit from it directly. No players. No, no, no. We can't do that. That's, no, that's ridiculous. Exactly. So that about does it for this episode of Locked On Socks. We'll be coming back at you tomorrow with the mailbag edition, and I'm looking forward to that. But, yeah, that's that's all I got for you, and it's going to be an interesting year with this Astro stuff. I got the schedule uh, in front of me for 2020 for the White Sox. The Sox don't face them uh, until June, so a lot of this stuff's going to be sorted out, so we won't have to worry about anyone being ejected, hopefully, uh, until until June. You'd think they're going to have to – they'll find their bearings by then. The Sox have a three-game series uh, in the weekend in June, and then the Astros come here if you want to boo – uh, in late August. So shout out to Lewis, Lucas Giolito, who did not make the top 100 list. And even though he shut out the cheating ass Astros at Minute Maid Park this year in a complete game. So shout out to you, Lucas Giolito. We're going to need those games. So, yes, we're going to need you on August, the last weekend of August at Guaranteed Rate Field to boo those cheating ass Astros and sweep them out of the U.S. Cellular Guaranteed Rate Field, baby. <laughs> but, yes, uh, Mailbag Monday is coming up, so send your mailbag stuff your questions, your suggestions to LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. That is LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, 
Locked on Socks on Instagram, Locked on Socks. And our personal accounts, mine's Ectorwall23. It's Lawrence spelled backwards, 23 for Robin Ventura. And it's Chris Tannehill, just like it is sounding. T-A-N-N-E-H-I-L-L. Chris Tannehill on Twitter and I think on Instagram, too, if you That's want right. to. That's right, yep. But thank you for listening to this special Sunday night edition of Locked on Socks. We'll be back tomorrow with our Monday mailbag. Appreciate it. Good evening.